Well, good morning, everybody. We're talking about four convictions that if you believed them to the core of your being, deep down in the place where you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, they change everything. They change your life. They change the world. God is good. I fully belong to God's family. I know who I am. The best is yet to come. There's hope. And today we're going to talk about I am fully alive. I'm fully alive. So I was thinking about where to start with my opening. And I had this great plan of saying, when those seven people go into the water and the Yarra River and they come up, they are going to know they are alive today. But they're not. It's going to be beautiful and balmy next Sunday when we're in the water and we're coming out. It's going to be amazing. Please don't miss it. It's going to be fantastic because those seven people, those convictions, they know they know them. They know they know them and they know that they are fully alive. So I was thinking about this idea of, I wonder what it means for you to be fully alive, truly alive. And I wonder what you think about in terms of what that means. So, uh, people look for lots of ways to find out if they're fully alive. Lots of people, like, they go mountain climbing and they go, this is fully living. This is the real life. Um, Some people, like, you know, uh, we we go out to a restaurant, but we don't just go out to any old restaurant now. We go out to the fanciest restaurant that we can find so that we can, like, live the full life, fully living, fully alive. Uh, Other people, you know, this whole idea of gifts now? You don't actually wrap a present that you bought in a store. You give an activity so that that person can go out and drive a race car really fast around a track. Actually, I don't think they drive it. That would be cool. But anyway, or, or, you know, hot air ballooning or, you know, deep sea diving, whatever it is, so that we give these experiences so people can go, man, I'm alive. This is the real life. This is really living. And I wonder what being fully alive, truly alive means to you. Um, This is in a book called John, and uh, this is the words of Jesus. And he says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, in abundance, in all fullness, more than more and better than you ever dreamed of. The full life, really, truly living. That's what Jesus came for. So I wonder what being fully alive might mean for you. Uh, I love this blind side thing. We've been showing it for a number of weeks now to try and unpack, you know, what does it actually look like in real life for some of these convictions to be seen? Uh, and, and that, you know, that footage for me... There's such a contrast. I don't know whether you picked up the contrast in the clips that we picked today. There's these clips where he is is downcast. He's staring off into the distance. He is walking through life like a zombie. You know, my kids play Minecraft. I'm going to look over at this side now. My kids play Minecraft. You know, like the zombies, they're just like walking through life. They're gazing. They actually don't serve a purpose. There's nothing lifeful about them. And it's a bit like that for Big Mike. He's just walking through the motions of life. He does not know where he belongs. He does not have an identity. He does not feel loved. He does not have a great purpose. In fact, he doesn't even have anywhere to lay his head. And then, two years later, he is strutting through the college, high-fiving the girls. He's got a smile on his face. He's got a strut in his step. He is fully alive. He's high-fiving the people on the way down the thing to the whatever sport that the, he does that <laughs> gridiron Foot, Ameri- I don't know football of some description football is safe right 
But he's fully alive. You can see it in him because he knows where he belongs. He knows who his family is. He, he knows that there's better to come. He's fully alive. It's a beautiful analogy. Um, I just, I love that clip. I think we should play it every week. Well, no, that's a bad idea. So I wonder what being fully alive means for you. Um, oh, there he is. There's the two. See the contrast there? I think it's beautiful. Uh, we're looking at the book of Ephesians, so we've been looking at it all across these four. If you haven't had a chance to have a look at the passages that we're looking at, find a Bible somewhere, uh, get it on your iPhone, look it up, and have a read of these Ephesians chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2. It'll change your life if you haven't had a chance. But we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2 if you want to check it out. <clears throat> so what's he said so far? I'm going to, Before we get into chapter 2, what's he said so far? Paul, the guy who's writing it, has said that God is good. He said that God had a plan from the, before the beginning of time to choose us and to call us back into his family, to call people back into his family, that he's chosen people to be his sons and daughters and to be adopted into his family. And more than that, he said that actually there's a guarantee, like an inheritance that comes with belonging to God. And he says that his very presence, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is in our lives for those moments when we go, I don't know if I really do belong. And his presence says, yes, you do. It's an assurance, a guarantee. And it's amazing. And then he gets to this beautiful utter bombshell in chapter 2. This may shock some of you. At the beginning of chapter 2, he says, so where do you all come into it? Well, you were dead. Well, that's a bit rough. Um, so I was thinking about that thing and, and the whole you were dead thing. And I'm just going to leave you hanging. I'm going to come back to that later. Is that okay? Just leave, leave you with that. Because the very next thing that he says, I'm going to go out on a limb and say are the best two words in the entire world. The best, that's a big call, the best two words in the entire world. But God. Okay? But God. You see, there's this beautiful thing where God is talking about what God did. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, had such great love for us that he took us at the very point when we were dead through our offences and made us alive together with the king. Yes, you were saved by sheer grace. But God, how good is that? But God... Um, I think that what Paul's doing here in his letter is he's making up a comparison. He's setting up a comparison. Compared to the life that God has seen in his mind's eye for his people, we're pretty much dead. Compared to the life that God has imagined for us to live, we're pretty much dead. So that moment where Mrs. Tui gets out of the car... And she has that little dialogue with Big Mike. And then she does this, looks back at the car. There's this moment in her where she says, no, there is something more for this person. This, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I belong. My eyes are downcast to the ground. That is not life. And in comparison, it is death. It's dead. So he's setting up a comparison. There's lots of comparisons in the Bible. There's light and dark. There's um, 
blindness and sight. There's nobody's got any. Yeah, old, new, old, made, new. There's lots of stuff, okay? There's lots and lots of contrasts. And Paul is drawing a contrast here for us. And he says, but God. And this is the but God bit, right? But God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him will be fully alive, will have life. I think I've got that. No, I haven't. Maybe I don't. I'll go back. God's great plan from the very beginning of time was to intervene. There was dead and God intervened and created life. Jesus' death and his, his life, his death and his resurrection was the way in which God worked out his great master plan to bring all of creation back to himself in which the kingdom of God, where God is the king, broke into this world and made people alive again. So the second two greatest words, I think, you'll read that before, right? But God, in him, I think they're the other two greatest words, okay, in him, because it's this whole idea of, and in Jesus, or through Jesus, God did this great work. He didn't do it in a set of parameters that he wrote on a list and expounded in 50, actually he did, it's the Bible, but in, in Jesus, he actually did this great work of bringing people back to himself and bringing people back to life. So, fun fact, did you know that the phrase in him is actually written 17 times in the first 33 verses of Ephesians? 17 times in 33 verses. Wow. 17 times in 33. Wow. Um, That's actually quite big. So it must be important. We actually have to understand that God did not leave us just hanging. He intervened in him. He intervened with Jesus. He intervened through Jesus. Through Jesus, we are found. And it's not just in him, but it's with him. That's, like I wanted to add that to my 17, but it was a slight technicality different because he raised us up with him and made us alive to sit with him in the heavenly places in him. So God did this great work of calling people back to himself in and through Jesus and then we get to be with him. That's actually quite significant because you see, what God did was whatever was true for Jesus has now become true for us. He is alive, we are alive. He is able to be beside God, we are able to be beside God. What is true for Jesus is now true for us and that's quite significant. So, for the person who has decided to follow Jesus, I think what Paul is saying is that you are no longer dead or as good as dead. I mean, you've still got a pulse, but you're no longer dead. The person who's decided to follow Jesus is actually fully alive. So things like getting new sight, actually being able to see 
what God is doing in the world and where God is at work. A new belonging, being a part of his family, being a part of what he's doing, actually being a part of sharing in what Jesus has. A new identity, the idea of being recreated and made afresh for a new day. And the idea of a new purpose. God is actually doing something on purpose and we get to be part of that, which is huge. So for me, there was a time years ago when I was a, I was a little girl and I remember sitting in front of the mirror in my bedroom. See, back then we had a thing called a dressing table and it was a little thing and you kept your brush on it and you kept your mirror and your little trinkets and your bits and bobs. And I remember kneeling in front of my dressing room table and I remember looking in the mirror and going, I am never going to make it to be a grown-up. I'm just not going to make it. I, I didn't have really any friends, so to speak, of. I was about to move and change schools, which was awfully frightening. I wasn't sure who I belonged to or what my identity was. In some ways, I was kind of, not quite, but almost walking through life a bit like Big Mike. I actually didn't know who I was or what I was about. Um, and then my girlfriend, Julia, came up to me and said, come to our church. And I came to church and just a little glimmer of light began to open into who I was. I actually began to get a little bit of insight into who I might be because I began to look through God's eyes and it redefined me and it remade me. And I began to have a new sense of sight of how I looked at the world. In fact, how I looked at my own life began to change slightly differently. It's like I I sort of stood a little taller and had a little bit more perspective on what I had in my life. I also got new belongings. So when I moved to university, I moved in with a family and that family said, you should come to church with us. And I'm like, I suppose I should. And so I went along with them and I had a sense of of great belonging and that family um, took it upon themselves to help me to grow and to help me to learn. And they did not let me get away with anything. And one of the big things that that family did is they actually questioned my self-talk. They actually questioned what I was saying to myself, when I would say, oh, I'm no good, I'll be no good at it, they would say, is that true? Because God made you. Do you think he made you no good? And they would question that and ask me again and again. So they questioned a lot of things. And so because of them, I got a great sense of embrace and belonging. And I got a new identity. And I guess the greatest thing for me is that all my years of of connecting in with God's family and actually listening to what he's doing in the world it it reoriented my identity. I looked at who I was differently from then on Uh, and also joining in God's purpose of what he's doing in the world. I actually get to participate with him on a regular basis. Imagine that. That must be the good life. That must be where real life is at. It would be amazing. So I guess the big question is um, if, if there was the real life that we could have, and, and, and death, which is kind of the opposite to real life. Why would God do that? And the, question, the answer is because God is the great author and creator and we are his poema. Okay, there's a passage at the end of this uh, bracket that we're looking at, right down in verse 10 of chapter 2, and it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do good things 
He planned for us long ago. We are his masterpiece. He had two great masterpieces in the world. Creation and the recreation that he did through Jesus of recreating us to be his people. And that's pretty amazing. So here's my thoughts. Did you know that Humpty Dumpty has two verses? Humpty Dumpty had a sore head. Humpty Dumpty went right to bed. The kings and the queens and the doctors too, they put him back together with plaster and glue. Oh, isn't that nice? My first reaction was, well, for goodness sake, I grew up with Humpty Dumpty being broken. I didn't need to fix him. What's with these days we've got to fix him? And then I thought about it a bit more and went, actually, that's what God wants. He says, please, whatever you do, do not stay broken. Do not stay here. I want you to be fully alive. And yet, we often stay broken. We often don't do the work that God wants to do in us. Years ago, I had a great car. It was a Galant and it was green and it had black stripes on the roof because it was rusty. My pa painted it for me. And not long after I'd owned it, the engine died and I went to the mechanic and he said, it needs a whole new engine. It's going to cost you two four to put a new engine in it. That's 2400 And I freaked out, looked at my bank account and went, all right, and I handed over my keys. Do you see what I'm doing here? I handed over my keys and said, fine, drop a new engine in it. I actually didn't. I said, do whatever you need to do. I didn't say drop a new engine in it. Um, But they dropped a new engine in it and that car went. That car was amazing. The gear changes were smooth. It got up to 80 beautifully. Never took it beyond that because I'm just a safe driver. But imagine if I had left that car with its broken engine and just tried to keep... No, it needed to be fully remade. If he is the great masterpiece, sorry, if we are the great masterpiece and he is the great artist, why would we stay in a place of brokenness and not being fully alive? I'm going to get the band to come up because um, I just want to finish with a couple of thoughts. This idea of being fully alive, it's not something you have to strive for, it's something that's been done in him because God didn't want to leave us where we were. So if, if that's something that you've never experienced in your life and you're like, I don't, I don't know what that means and I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit further down this end and I need to work out what it means to be fully alive, then talk to somebody. Talk to somebody near you. Talk to somebody that maybe you know that knows what it is. Because my girlfriend, Julia, in year 10, when she came up to me and she asked me to go to her church, I said no immediately. And then I looked back at her and I remember thinking, I want to be like her. And back then it was probably, I want to be like cool and together and amazing like she is. But actually looking back now, I wanted the life that she had. She had a life in her that I didn't have. So if that's something that you're looking for, find out. Ask God to reveal that to you. And if you are somebody who goes, yeah, I know I'm alive, but what if I'm meant to be fully alive? What if there is more? Because I don't think that there's an end to the continuum. Because I know that the best is yet to come. 
you know, what if you were actually to say to God, what else do you want? What more life have you got for me? What work do you want to do in me? What new parts do you want to drop into me so that I can live the full, true life that I was designed to live? So those four convictions, God is good. I know who I am. The best is yet to come and I'm fully alive. If we knew them in the core of our being. So there's a little card on your thing and it's got a little picture of a record player. You may actually want to change the record that's playing in your head. You might want to change it to those things so that when you face a decision, you can say, well, if God is good and I know who I am and the best is yet to come and I'm fully alive, how will I then face the next decision I've got? Because sometimes life will blindside you. It blindsided Kylie. It blindsided Kylie in a big way because that's what life does. Sometimes it blindsides us. And if you get blindsided, you want to know you've got your convictions sorted out and you know who you are and you know that God is good and you know that the best is yet to come. So you might want to pick up that card, take it home and have a look at those Ephesians passages, a bunch of little lines and you might want to commit them to memory. You might want to instill them down in your heart as things that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. The band's going to play us a song. It's a ripper. And there's a phrase in it that says, Yes, I am. And it says, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you if you know that, then why don't you say, Yes, I am, along in this song. Join us.